Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, this is episode 48 of the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, and I'm your host, Ugo Che. I have been friends with uh, the guest of this week, Mathieu Gasquet, for a few years. We even did a show on YouTube together some time ago about mirrorless cameras. Back then, Mathieu was living in Italy, but he recently moved to Wales with his wife. And I wanted to interview him about uh, the reasons for his move and what's so great, photographically speaking, about uh, that country. So if you want to visit Wales, uh, I suggest that you listen to this interview. It's uh, packed full of uh, useful tips and suggestions for places to photograph. As always, you will be able to find all the links uh, and show notes for this episode at ttim.photo forward slash 48. Before jumping into my conversation with Mathieu, I would just like to take a few seconds to publicly thank one of our listeners, Malcolm, who recently gave us a small donation through our donations page. I've never uh, publicized much this donations page. It's always been on the website, but it's uh, it's not really important. But if you want to, to contribute just a little bit, a uh, few pennies here and there, just head over to ttim.photo forward slash donate, and I will be forever thankful. And now let's listen to my interview with Mathieu Gasquet. Enjoy. So, hello, Mathieu. It's, uh, it's great to talk to you again after uh, after a while the last time we we talked we were, you were in Italy I think and uh, we were doing a show together and then some time passed and you moved and maybe we'll talk about your uh, your move later so first of all welcome and how are you doing thank you Hugo I'm very glad to be to be here I'm, I'm fine thank you uh, a little bit of cold but uh, otherwise it's everything is fine and uh, it's uh, been great sunshine days in Wales lately, so I can't really complain. Oh, really? I thought you were saying, oh, I got a call because of the bad weather here. <laughs> no, I got a call because of the good weather, which is kind of <laughs> funny, but that's that's how it works here, you know. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about, uh, for, for the people who don't know you, a bit about your background, how you got started in photography and what about your move to Wales, since you already mentioned that? Um, so, well, I actually didn't start with photography at the beginning. I started with more with uh, cinema and uh, video. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, like around eight, seven, eight, I I was interested in photography. And my parents brought me uh, bought me a um, film camera. A small film camera was a Yashica 2000, which was a very nice SLR film camera. And uh, one day in Rome, I dropped it and uh, I broke the, the zoom lens. So after that, my mom says, well, you know what? I'm just going to buy you a compact camera and for now. And maybe later on, we can buy your own camera when you, you grow up. And so I, I, that my interest for photography stopped at that point. And um, after graduating high school, I uh, went to a cinema school in France. So I, I was leaning towards cinema and video in general. Then uh, I came back, uh, went back to Turin. I started to work as a filmmaker and video maker, and slowly I, uh, I, uh, I find photography again, or maybe photography find me, find me again. Then started to 
work as a photographer in addition to as a video maker. Uh, I will start to work with the Cinema Museum as their event photographer, and then I did some weddings, portraits, and corporate works, and all that kind of stuff. And so I slowly uh, find my uh, my passion for photography again, and then I traveled a little bit and uh, tried to do a few uh, personal projects. And then I started a website three years ago about camera reviews, and basically photography became my main uh, passion and also business. So that's that's how I started. Yeah. So um, you said you started a website. It, it was only three years ago? Uh, yes, a bit more than that now. It's probably three, three years and a half ago. Uh, mm. We started Mio Lessons. Uh, more out of curiosity, really. We, um, at that three years, three years and a half ago, Mio Less Camera was starting to grow in popularity. And uh, i always been kind of a gear addict I always like cameras and try different cameras so um with my wife Heather we thought well maybe we can combine the two things together and so we started the website and it it grew, grew very, really fast and now we have we actually have free website about mirrorless cameras so <laughs> uh, we, we came a long way yeah so the, the main one is mirror lessons if i'm not mistaken and mirrorlessons.com is the Yes, that, that's that's the main one, and Mio Lessons is basically our brand. And then we launched uh, seven, eight months ago Mio Less Curation, which is more a website that relates uh, that talks about news and share other people's content. So where we find uh, an article uh, or a review or whatever content that we find that's good quality and is related to Mio Less Cameras or photography, we share it on the Creation website. And then we launched Mioles Comparison, which is brand new. It's only two two months old, which, as the name suggests, uh, um, deals only with comparisons. Because in these three years of experience with these cameras, what we found out is that people are very confused about which is the best Mioles camera or which is the best Mioles camera for them and for their work or their their their, their style, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so we try to build comparison based on real life shooting that can somehow be useful for people that are curious to see how one performs against the other, or they just undecided between which one to get. So that's so pretty much I, it. I'd, I'd be curious to to know your opinion about the mirrorless technology and whether it is uh, finally catching up with uh, more uh, uh, old time DSLRs. And especially with respect to travel, I mean, do you think uh, using mirrorless cameras gives benefits to to travel photographers? Um, what, what I saw this year specifically, so in 2016, this has been has been a big jump when it comes to the autofocus performance um, and the speed in general, and also the build quality, and pretty much all brands that are trying to make these cameras more appealing for professional photographers. And if two years, two years ago, you know, the autofocus was fine, but not great. Now all the latest flagship models for each brand really improve that aspect a lot. And I think these cameras are becoming ready now for serious sports and action photography. So that's not mainly related to travel, but that's the, the most important uh, improvement I saw uh, you know, this year. When it comes to travel, I think 
the main reason is size and weight. And that's probably the main reason that people are interested in mirrorless cameras, because when when they started to hit the market, you know, there was these very small cameras with, with very small lenses and pancake lenses. And we got used to the idea of, you know, oh, yes, uh, this camera system is much lighter, is, is uh, much more portable. And that can be a good idea to basically have a, a small camera always with you. And if you travel a lot and if you walk a lot, I think you can definitely see a benefit. And of course, now this system have evolved with more uh, features, more functionalities, um, more lenses to choose from. And so I think that there is definitely a benefit for most genres today and travel photography is definitely one of them. And I mean, some of these cameras also have interesting uh, features like, for example, Olympus MD cameras have uh, the uh, lifetime uh, where basically you, when you do a long exposure, you can see live on the screen how the long exposure is coming. Um, so there are a few options that is that can be very interesting. But I think when you travel, it's really traveling light. And uh, sometimes when I travel myself with, let's say, a Fujifilm X-T1 or X-T2 and a couple of primes, or even a Sony A7R Mark II and a couple of prime lens, it's, it's really, really a light system. And I think that's really the, the main benefit. Yeah. I think another benefit that uh, many people don't think about is uh, uh, that a small camera, and maybe something that, that looks a, a bit vintage, as many models uh, do, is less intimidating to people. And, uh, and I find that Photographing people is an essential part of travel photography, at least for me. And so when you are uh, in front of someone and ask them to take their portrait or you want a candid, you don't look like a, a real pro photographer with a big camera, paparazzi style. So people tend to, to relate better with you. you. Your face is not always hidden behind a big camera and that helps to, to create a rapport with, uh, with the subject. And I think that that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, the, I agree. And actually, sometimes, you know, even because these cameras have, uh, for once, they have a live view on both the electronic viewfinder and the LCD screen, the LCD screen can be tilted up and down. So you, you don't necessarily have to take the picture looking through the viewfinder, but you can actually look at the person and then take the picture by composing with the, the LCD monitor on the rear. So I guess that can help as well to keep eye contact with the subject and maybe put it a bit more at ease. And if you shoot in this way, maybe uh, the, you look like probably less pro, pro than the, than other people, but it, it's less intimidating, I agree. And yes, some of these cameras have a very nice vintage look and Fujifilm is probably the best example. And many times actually people thought, oh, you're still shooting film. Oh, that's great. <laughs> actually, we're shooting digital. But, you know, it's, it, it, it brings it just uh, you know, an opportunity for conversation. Also, yeah, true. And you have a background in, in cinema and video, as you said. And what about the video aspects of uh, current technology with respect to mirrorless cameras? Uh, are they mature enough to to shoot video? And uh, another question would be, um, do you think that the role of video is growing in travel uh, reportage? I mean, today, you, do you see more people shooting video when they travel? instead of just stills? What, what's your impression? Uh, I think definitely people shoot more videos now because video have become, uh, uh, you know, uh, something that we see in, in daily, every day, thanks to YouTube, uh, Facebook, and now you can do actually live feed with Facebook. And 
I think people are, are getting more used to uh, have not just images, but video for everything. And that will also include their holidays, their travel, their memories, the, the things they want to keep, uh, especially if you have a family, if you have kids, I think that becomes even more important. And uh, I think that the technologies um, moving forward to mer merge stills and video together uh, and I think that especially now that most cameras, many cameras have 4K capabilities and some cameras like the Panasonic cams, for example, you can extract an 8 megapixel JPEG from any frame of the video footage. And Sony just recently launched a camera that can do the same now. And I think that that's where companies and the brands are heading. And I think that in the next three years, we're going to see a very interesting upgrade uh, in concerning video and stills. And I think that eventually the two things will be merged together. And uh, I see even some some talented filmmakers that travel a lot and they some of them prefer to actually uh, do a video instead of uh, taking uh, pictures. And some of, the, some of them are really talented as well. And I remember I interviewed one of them, uh, his name is Brandon Lee, uh, and most of his video become quite viral. And he told me now that it, his cameras can do 4K, what he can do is do the video and then he can extract every JPEG he needs for, you know, to, to keep his memory. So I think that many, uh, many people now start to realize that you can combine the two. And so when it comes to travel, I guess that's the, the same conclusion. You can take a video and then you can extract a JPEG. Well, you know, because the camera has two, uh, has the, both possibilities, you can take a picture and then you can record a 30-second clip and then you move to the next spot. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, isn't that the new Panasonic? Was that the GH5 that has 6K, if I understand correctly? Yeah, they they, uh, they announced the GH5, actually the development of uh, GH5, so it's kind of a work in progress right oh, now. Okay. But they say it will have a 6K photo uh, capability. Uh, so That's right fun. now, they have, so it basically you can extract an 18 megapixel JPEG. Yeah. That's, and that's a bit crazy. Man. <laughs> that's should, a bit crazy. You shoot but a minute of video and then you you choose the best shots and you have great yeah. quality stills too. And actually, what they aim for is they aim for 8K in 2020, and 2020 will be also be the uh, Tokyo Olympic Games. Mm. So, and 8K means for the three megapixels. So, I think that's where the companies are headed. And I mean, of course, it doesn't, you know, it's not something you may want to use for every genre of photography. And some would still prefer shooting stills, you know, with JPEG and RAW and uh, post process the images as they, they do now. But it just opens more possibilities. And I, and I think the companies are heading that way as well to. Uh, make this camera more appealing uh, uh, and more interesting in a market that is somehow struggling right now because smartphones took over a lot of uh, a big uh, a big uh, portion of the market because all these brands were used to sell a lot of compact cameras that was one of the main income for them and the compact camera market is now dead because there are we have smartphones so they have to to, to, to bring new technology yeah. and new features to say, hey, we still have great cameras. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess smartphones is a, is a huge tool today, even for travel, because sometimes you see something and you have your, smart, your smartphone in hand and instead of camera, you just snap a picture with the smartphone. I mean, now the quality smartphone have, it's incredible. So, you know, there's, there's a, I think there's a big race in technology because somehow every brand wants to prevail with something. Yeah, and it's good. It's good for us. I mean, competition uh, brings uh, 
improvements. And uh, I think we live in interesting times. I mean, there was never a time where we had so many opportunities and so many so much technology to to exploit those opportunities so in a way i don't i don't understand people who who complain people who say oh i don't want my camera to have video because i don't shoot video yeah i mean of course if you don't shoot video uh you don't need it but i mean just complaining because that that doesn't take away anything from you uh, it's it opens up new possibilities i've seen I've seen people taking stills out of videos, as we said, and with great quality, uh, at least for online use. And it opens uh, a new world. I think it's great. Yeah, you know, but when, when there's new technologies and there's new cameras that have new features, there's always uh, half of the people that are like the idea and are excited about it. Maybe another half that somehow prefer the the way it was before, or they don't necessarily accept the new technology right away. It happened with everything. I remember when the the Canon 5D Mark II came out that basically changed the way uh, filmmakers and video works uh, because you realize suddenly you could use DSLRs, have this crazy shallow depth of field by using photography lenses. And I remember that a lot of people at the beginning were quite, uh, quite uh, against this idea, you know, think saying, oh, a DSLR should only be for still photographers. Uh, if you want to do video, buy a, a proper camcorder. And now, look at now, I mean, people use even one, people use even cameras like the Sony 6300, which is a $1,000 camera that does, does extraordinary video in 4K. So that are really changed. And so when something new arrives, there's always, uh, I guess, a time of adaptation a time where you accept the new technology. And once you accept it and you realize that concretely speaking, where you are there shooting for whatever reason, whatever it's for personal or work, you can actually use these features and they're great. And they, you know, they, they even give you opportunity that you be, didn't have before. So, yeah. Okay. So enough about gear. <laughs> we <laughs> talked enough about gear. So I know it's uh, your main I mean, main reason of existence of your website. So I think that that's good. But I would like to talk a bit about um, something more personal about you, about your uh, your travels, your uh, decision to move from Italy to Wales. So uh, a bit about the, the reasons for this move. And from a photographical point of view, I would like to ask you what are the what what do you find awesome, great, photographically speaking, about Italy. And what about Wales? What are the, the strong points and maybe the weak points about the, the two different countries? Okay, well, we can start with Italy, I guess, uh, because I have more experience there. Um, um, I think what I love about Italy is that uh, each region is unique. Uh, you go to Piedmont, Piemonte, and you find people that are in a certain way, you find certain cultural and uh, a very point, uh, lots of cultural stuff, but at the same time, lots of uh, type of landscapes. Then you go to uh, Tuscany and you see something that it's similar and at the same time completely different. And, you know, each region has its own dialect. Uh, there's lots of difference between each region as well, and especially between north and south, but not just between north and south, but even between regions that sometimes are very close together. 
And so all this uh, diversification, this variety of culture, of people, of monuments, of colors, light, everything, I think that's that's what makes Italy a great country. And I I wish actually I would I could know Italy more than because I I didn't visit each region. Uh, unfortunately, and there's still a lot of places in Italy that I have yet to discover. But I think from a photography, even from a photography point of view, and from a traveling point of view, it's 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 fascinating. I mean, if you decide to have uh, 30, year, 30 days or two months trip all around Italy, I think in those two months, the amount of culture and and colors and, and, and emotion feelings you can get just by visiting in the end just one country I think can be amazing. So that's definitely and from a photography point of view it just opens so many opportunities, inspiration and I'm sure you can go back home with probably three, four hard drives full of pictures, <laughs> especially if you shoot raw. But uh, so that's probably the thing that uh, I like the most about Italy. What about Wales? Uh, Wales, well, um, I first came here six years ago, seven years ago, um, for uh, just for holidays. Um, my wife, she, her parents are retired here in Wales, and she knew the place since she was a child because her dad used to come uh, uh, in Wales for holidays. And basically, Wales is a place where a lot of uh, people that live all around the UK come uh, for, for holidays. So... And I, when I, what's weird is that when I came here, it was the first time we stayed, I think, around 15 days, two weeks. And out of these 15 days, I only we only got two days of sunshine. Mm -hmm. Or let's say two days of clouds and sun. So good light condition. Uh, the rest of the day was either cloudy, rain, rainy, et cetera, et cetera. However, those two days of sunshine, I think that's why I fell in love with the country. And... and Now that I live here, I realize that um, I uh, I came here because I love. I, I came here for, of course, for lots of reasons, including personal reasons. But from a photography point of view, what I like here is the light and the weather. Now, when we think about the UK, a lot of people think, "Oh, UK cloud, gray clouds, well, you, rain." You, you just said so, right? <laughs> and and it, I just said so. But uh, you know, that was my first visit yeah, for only two a weeks. Bit of but, bad luck. Bad luck. Yeah, but uh, now that I'm here, I actually realize that what's what's great about the weather is it's dramatic, and mm -hmm. every day is different. Uh, you can have perfectly sunny day, and we had actually we had uh, lots of those lately. You can have completely dark clouds and lots of rain. You can have both at the same time, and. In the end, it is one year and a half that I was here. I took so many different pictures uh, and that uh, I really like landscape photography, for example. And I got, you know, the sunrise with the mist, uh, the Milky Way shots uh, during the night, because when the, 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 when the sky is clear, you can see really well the Milky Way from here. Even if you are in the town, so with light pollution, you can still get, get great pictures. Um, and then uh, you go to a little bit in the mountains, you have all this wild, very wild, dramatic light with shadows and lights and then shadows again. And sometimes you're driving the river, these small roads with a car and it's pissing down with rain. And 10 minutes after you exit from a corner and suddenly you have sunshine, rainbows and half, a minute, half an hour later, rain again. So it's constantly changing. But when it comes to the light, it becomes very interesting 
because I mean you, you can see in Italy everywhere when it's raining all day and then uh, just before the sunset the finally the sun the, the the sky clears and the sun can comes out you have this very beautiful light everything is clear every color really vibrates and here you can have this on a daily basis. Yeah. And I find this very fascinating. You you constantly changing lights, light. Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's not possible. But then you can, really can get very interesting shots. As they say, you get uh, all four seasons in Wales. Only you get them in a single day. I think they say so for Ireland, but it's probably not much different. I think it's uh, all the UK is probably the same. <laughs> Uh, can you name some of the your favorite locations? I mean, you, you've not been there for long, but maybe you've discovered some locations that uh, you like photographing. Yes, uh, there's uh, one of my favorites called the Cregannon Lakes, uh, which is uh, not too far from where I was, like 20 minutes drive from here. So I live in Tawin, which is uh, basically mid Wales on the west side. Um, with let's say more or less two hours from uh, south of Liverpool, a bit more on the west, but that to give you a gear, an idea uh, on a map. Um, the Krugen Lakes is great because you have these uh, two uh, small lakes, very blue lakes, very clean water, surrounded by mountains. And on one side, you have these uh, green, yellow colors. And on the other side, you have all the headers on the hills. So it's kind of purple, green and purple colors. And there, usually, the light is always a bit dramatic. And every time I go there, I get these very beautiful shots with this light and shadows. And it's, it almost looks like you somehow someone from the very top is painting with light. It's 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 very beautiful. And that's one of the first spots I visited uh, the first time I came here. And since then, for both Heather and I, we, it became one of my favorite spots. And sometimes we just go there and either take some photograph or just relax and look at the scenery. So that's one of them. Um, another very interesting location is the Mac Loop, uh, which has the same kind of dramatic uh, landscape opportunities. Uh, there's a lake there as well if you look down the valley. And that's where you can also spot uh, jet aircrafts because the Royal Air Force train is pilots in the area. So sometimes you see these very fast jets that, that actually fly very low, so if you're quick enough with your camera, you can actually get great shots uh, uh, with that as well. Uh, I have yet the chance to to bring back home a good shot. I, I went there a couple of times, and sometimes you wait all day and you no jets, and sometimes you have like five of them, one after the other. And um, the, actually, the, the UK government gives a, a schedule every day of when they're going to train, but it's, it's never accurate, accurate. So it's difficult to, but some of that's very interesting. Um, and then there is a lot of small fishing villages. Um, there's a lot of steam trains that are very nice to photograph. So with, um, with the landscape, uh, if you go up north near Flandeno, you have the big and gr the, the little and great home where you can see uh, gray seals. So I mean, this this there's so much uh, variety of things to uh, to photograph. I often go to near um, Paris with this um, red kites feeding, so you can see like 300, 400 red kites uh, being fed every day, and of course that's another photographic opportunity. So, and there's a lot of places I want to to visit. And there's of course there's Nodonia, there's Nodonia area, and there's Noden, which is the tallest mountain. And I went there a couple of times. It's really nice. 
Yeah, well, uh, for, for the benefit of those that are just listening to this, we will put a link of the locations, uh, a list of the locations in the, in the show notes, because otherwise I would never be able to remember those names. <laughs> and many yeah, of them, I, I don't I, even know how some, they're spelled. <laughs> so, I'll send you some pictures as well. So yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah, good. Well, we'll put pictures, we'll put names underneath so people can uh, can know where to go to, to shoot uh, the same scenes. Uh, that kind of landscapes and so on. Uh, very good, very good. Thank you very much. Um, Wales is still on uh, the one part of uh, the UK and uh, the British Isles that I haven't visited yet. So one day I'll get there. Um, well, let me let, let, let me know when you come by. Of course. Um, I'll, I'll show you a very nice spot. Of course. Um, what else? Have you got any plans to, to travel somewhere else outside of Wales in the coming months? Um, well, the, the, the next big trip will be in February uh, because we're going to Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going officially because of uh, wedding, but uh, hopefully we'll have time to uh, explore a little bit around. And it's going to be my first time in Canada during the winter. So I'm very would... curious. Yeah, uh, it would be uh, near Toronto, okay. so Ontario. Well, where would you like to go? A place that you haven't been to? What's, what's uh, well, the, 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 they always say that Quebec City is very nice, and uh, I never been to Quebec, so uh, that would be great. I mean, just, not, would, not just Canada, anywhere. Oh, sorry, Canada in general. Um, well, if you want to in, name places in Canada, it's okay. But no, no, okay, <laughs> it's sorry, more I of a that. general question. <laughs> sure. um, well, if I, um, if I think about Europe, uh, I always say now that I live in the UK, I must visit Scotland and Ireland. I went to Scotland just once and I never been to Ireland. And actually I have some a little bit of Irish blood because of my uh, dad's side. So sooner or later, I want to take some time and visit those two countries uh, uh, and give them the, the tour they deserve. If I think about extra Europe, uh, I think Japan is probably on my, would be, probably be my first choice. Okay. Another question would be when you go somewhere to, to shoot, uh, aside from cameras and lenses, of course, and if you are in Wales or in the UK, you will probably bring a, a rain jacket. Uh, what other piece of equipment you always carry with you? Uh, lately, uh, I'm, I always carry with me a, a small uh, uh, portable charger. It's called the Anchor Mini, but there are many, many products uh, that are alike. And uh, it's basically because many of these cameras can be charged via USB. And these, especially mirrorless cameras, they consume lots of batteries. And sometimes you don't have, always have the chance to charge a battery with the normal uh, uh, charger via the, the sock in the wall. So um, this I find this portable charger really, really uh, helpful. And it, it, it basically, it's uh, it's designed to charge smartphones, but uh, it works really well with cameras. And sometimes I was able to charge a battery like up to 80% in probably 50 minutes. So, you know, if you take a break for lunch or whatever, you can charge quickly a battery. So that's that has become something I always carry with me now. And... I would say 60-70% of the time I end up using it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great idea because we know that one of the issues with mirrorless cameras nowadays is that, that batteries don't last as much as we are used to with, uh, with DSLRs for whatever reason, uh, electronic viewfinder, uh, use of the LCD, 
nobody really knows, but they don't last as much, probably also because the the batteries are smaller. So, and you can't always uh, find a, a socket in the wall to charge it from uh, from the wall. Uh, so, yeah, having a charger like that is a uh, never thought about that. I, I have one for my phone, but probably uh, yeah, it probably makes sense to to carry one instead of carrying yet another battery. Yeah, well, it's uh, the one I have is, uh, is is very small, so you actually you know different sizes, and the, the bigger it is, the more powerful it is, basically. And and, and sometimes you find these third-party chargers uh, like uh, Patona, for example, that's one brand, and these chargers have a USB port. So basically, I can plug the my uh, portable charger in the USB charger, so I can charge the battery even without having in the camera. So if you look a little bit around, you can find all these small accessories and sometimes they can they can be really helpful. Even, you know, like you're at the end of the day, you have this amazing sunset in front of you, you've been shooting all day and you find out that, you know, you, you run out of the battery. But if, in the, if during the day you remember to charge one battery uh, while, uh, you know, eating your sandwich or whatever, then maybe for... You can take those last shots <laughs> before <laughs> before the end. Very good suggestion, and we'll, we'll put a link to to that product uh, again in the show notes. So, uh, last question uh, that I started asking my guests lately is to name a photographer uh, whose work you you admire uh, that inspires you in, in any way. Can you name somebody? Yeah, uh, I would probably name uh, uh, Richard Outram. With uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, and I apologize if I don't. But um, he's a Welsh photographer, and he does landscapes. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because uh, since uh, I came here, I started, of course, to look for, uh, for for photographers in the area. And he has a very active Facebook page, and he takes really beautiful landscape shots of Wales. And, you know, it's, I, I find it very inspiring. And now that I'm, I, I live here, you know, I think it's great to uh, know other photographers that have been shooting in Wales for probably the last 10, 20 years. And so sometimes they say, oh, I wonder where he took that particular shot. Maybe I should visit that place and try to take some shots as well. So that's probably the, the, the name I would pick for today. Did you get today. a chance to, to meet him in person? Not yet, but I hope I will have the chance uh, later on. Yeah. So can can you spell the name so people who are following? Uh, it's Richard Outram. So O U T R T R A M. Okay. So um, uh, we uh, probably send you the name, and we can put a link for him as well. And uh, and he's very active on his Facebook page, and he has a website as well. And uh, it really takes very. You you can see that he's really dedicated to 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 the landscape photography and sometimes you really get very nice shots okay so before we wrap this up uh, can you let people know where they can find more about you online well of course there's uh, my website meolesson.com which is the main website and there's also at meolessons on twitter uh, the facebook page which is uh, meolessons as well and you can also find me on youtube Okay. Uh, anything else before we say goodbye? Uh, I think I think that's it. Uh, thank you very much for uh, having me here. Uh, it was very nice, and I have been following your uh, podcast for uh, I guess since the beginning, and uh, I think you you do a really nice job. Okay. Thank thank you very much, and uh, thank you again for your time. And 
All the best. Maybe we'll meet again one day, either in Wales or Italy or somewhere else. That would be nice. Absolutely. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye.